0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Sex with Jaya is brought to you by Aloe Cadabra. Aloe Cadabra is 95% organic aloe vera. Visit www.allocadabra.com today. Step inside the sensual world of sex with Jaya. This hour will bring you sex education like you've never heard before. It's uncensored, no holes barred advice to increase your sexual knowledge and performance. Now, here's your host, Jaya.
2: I'm ready for sex with Jaya.
3: Are you I'm ready for some healing sex with
2: Jaya? Yeah, D Love has a cold. I do. It's alright. That's why we have Jay and Joy here, right, Jay and Joy? We will fix him
4: up. Yeah. You're gonna fix him up.
2: <laughs> Alright, all right, all right. first you have to do disclaimer time. Ah, The content presented on this show is for informational purposes only. The following information has not been evaluated by the USDA. The information and products discussed on the show are not in any way medical advice. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease, disorder, or disability. The three Ds. I'm going to call those the three Ds from now on. Uh, Action should not be taken solely on this informational content. Before making changes to your diet and lifestyle, please consult your physician or naturopathic doctor. Using this informational content without first consulting your health professional is your right as a human being and my Guests and I assume no responsibility. Please do not apply the ideas and suggestions that you hear on the show, especially the ones to your clitoris or your penis, if you are not willing to assume this risk. <laughs> My disclaimer is getting naughtier, I think, every week. <laughs> <laughs> As so today well it should. I- Yes, yes, it is sex with Jaya. Um, so our, today our topic is how to nav- navigate. I can't speak either. How to navigate polyamorous and open relationships with myself and Tristan Teramino. Um, we you know, if you're thinking about opening your relationship. Or you're already in one and you want to learn how to create more successful, more harmonious love affairs. Navigating the waters of open relationships and playing in the field of non-monogamy can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Listen in as I interview expert guest Tristan Tiramino, author of Opening Up, a guide to creating and sustaining open relationships about how you can successfully play in the open waters of many loves. I have to say I love Tristan's book. you love, you haven't read it yet. It's my, it's my favorite book right now on polyamory. I like it. Which
4: one
2: is it? I like it. It's the one I recommend to everybody, Opening Up. Oh, yeah, Opening Up. So I'm super excited to have her on the show today, sharing her knowledge and research with all of us. She did a lot of research about non-monogamous partnerships and triads and five ads and throuples, as the guy in Good Morning America called us, a throuple. Even if you are a monogamous, you can listen in, as you might learn something that takes your relationship to the next level. So monogamous people can learn a lot, I think, from all of us polyamorous people sometimes, how to communicate. If you're
3: good at navigating three or four, you must have a
2: good at one. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So uh, we'll have Tristan on in a moment. But for now, my Jing Slingers are here from JingSlingers.com. Jay and Joy, to talk about herbs and stamina to help you keep you, and also herbs to keep you safe when you're out there playing with all your lovers because that's important too. So I'm excited to hear about this. And, oh, yeah, don't forget, check them out at JingSlingers.com. Jay and Joy,
5: go for it. Well, the main things we're going to be covering, Jaya, um, We we got a little bit creative with the topic, so we're we're going to be talking <laughs> about um, openness in the body and, and the importance of of opening your body, and we're also going to be talking about um, nonverbal communication cues, which um, are very important, uh, especially with the the more people who are who are in your life. So, um, talking about openness, you know, openness can mean a lot of things in dealing with the body has to do a lot with blood flow and circulation. And um, blood flow is the, the red blood cells are what carry the oxygen throughout your body. And so it also, also has a lot to do with oxygenation. And simply um, how you stand in your posture um, really has, has a, a lot to do with that. You know, When somebody is uh, slouched, when, when they're kind of hunched over and their back slouched and their head's kind of hanging a little bit, you know, if you're in that posture, if you're not already feeling bad, you you will be soon because you're not getting very much oxygen. You're not breathing very well. And as we know, when we breathe shallow, we're automatically in a fight or flight stress response. So, um, so simply by putting your shoulders back and having good posture, having your head up a little bit, um, it just it opens up the whole body because it's doing that one very important thing of getting more oxygen flow. Um, to the whole of your body.
2: And as we know, we need more oxygen to get our penises and our clits and all our juicy parts um, more erect and aroused. So, Absolutely. D loves practicing now. He was practicing slunching, and now he's practicing. Is slunching a word? It's
4: anyway. It's <laughs> yes, on. yes, I, I see you do it. Much. <laughs> uh, uh, and what's more?
5: Get- well we have we have some of our favorite modalities, also like massage, just being able to release tension in your muscles through a modality like massage, especially the shoulders, the neck and the shoulders, um, the shoulders tend to hold our responsibilities on a more emotional and energetic um, level. So people people kind of put all their burdens into their shoulders, and so if you give somebody a a nice shoulder-neck massage, you you really can feel those knots in there pretty easily. So opening up the body that way, and opening up the body through things like um, rolfing or heller work, um, which has to do with soft tissue realignment and manipulation um, for people who I've, I've had uh, that series done. And it's just it's so excellent for for opening up the body and the ribs. And, and it's, it's just amazing. You feel so good after that.
2: So why would someone want to open up their body? I'm So I'm hearing since we're doing open relationships, maybe it's like so you're more receptive to all the lovers that are out there for you. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's opening up your heart and opening up your your chakras and opening up your mind to be able to know what's what's available to you. And that comes right down to what I was going to talk about, which is perception and mm. knowing knowing what you think you know and then seeing what's real. And we've all been in relationships, doesn't matter if they're single or double or 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 what, what was it? Triple? triple. <laughs> Ruffle. <Thruple. Thruple. laughs> <Thruple. laughs> um That if you have to be able to get those cues, and that comes back to, you know, your primal sense of being able to read someone. Animals do it without, you know, missing a beat, and we need to get back to learning how to really read someone. It doesn't matter if you're sitting there speaking with someone and you're missing those cues because you don't see that she's tipping up her chin and parting her lips and leaning forward and touching you to underscore a sentence. There's all these small little things that that you would might miss if you weren't paying attention. And sometimes we're not paying attention because we're stressed and undernourished. And there's a lot of really good herbs and herbal remedies that you can take that will open you up and expand you a little more. Um, there's a really significant and vital, profound communication that happens um, in just our breathing and posture, like Jay was just talking about, and even the tone of your voice. So, Oh, and, I like that sexy voice <laughs> thing. <Yeah>. And <laughs> it, when people lean in and do that whisper thing, and all of a sudden they're right there in your ear, uh, it's not because they want to... You know, see what the, the projections are for that, that week's meeting. They want to know a little more about you. So it's, it's about, um, being able to sharpen those primal senses. And so how do you do that? By listening a little more carefully, by literally being present. And it's so difficult now because we've got iPods and iPads and phones and be present. Have grace. Be gracious and grateful for the person you that's in front of you. It means everything when you're standing in front of someone and they're speaking to you, specifically to you, and you don't go, Oh, I really got to get this. And you reach in your pocket and you pull out your cell phone. All of a sudden that person no longer has that value. They had just a few seconds ago. So, you know, set the cell phone aside. Don't do the texting. And I'm sure that that answer, that phone call that, that you were waiting for, is not going to, you know, make the difference in the whole universe, but it means everything to the person in front of you. So to connect with that person and be with them, be with them,
2: unless so, you've got two people in front of you. Oh, you've got two. <laughs>
0: people. Like one is calling you on the cell phone while the other one is in front of you. Boy, yeah, yeah that anyway. that tandem paying attention. And and then what does that? A little bit of Rishi, a little bit of holy basil, some pearl powder, and to really make it simple, um, a couple of drops of Supreme Shen from uh, from Dragon Herbs uh or something called peaceful spirit and that opens you up to all kinds of possibilities and options. Hmm.
2: So if you if you're in partnership with someone who's really close minded, maybe you can um give them a little herbs that'll help them open up.
0: Put it in there, morning tea. <laughs> <laughs> a little supreme shen and a little uh actually Dear antler never hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so,
5: yeah, then you can have them uh, start taking yoga classes also, and you know the the yoga asanas as they open up the body, they open up the the emotions and the mind and the spirit, and you know it's I, I, I've seen it many many times with people who um you know they start just doing. You know, something like power yoga, which is even just more of an exercise based yoga. And they just do it for, you know, to get it in shape. And before you know it, they're reading spiritual books and they're doing meditation and their whole life has changed, um, just by starting out by opening up their body and doing all of the, the twisting and the bending and everything, uh, which also comes in quite handy in the bedroom also.
3: Yeah. Jay, it's
5: it's a Jay deep is in- saying
3: that that Yoga girls are easy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, D, see, D, D. Love is smart. He goes to like yoga and dance classes to pick up women.
3: I you know. He where knows. The ladies hang out and they're opening their bodies all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Deepening of your life, and when, you're, when you go into that deeper level of your life, then you're open and you have much more full experience. It's true. <laughs> Especially with the yogi chicks. Yeah, especially with the, the
2: yogi. <laughs> so, so it's interesting. Something that you're you're saying because it's not just a psychological element that leads to openness. It's also a nutritional element. It's also a body element. You know, we're looking at it from a more holistic perspective on the show always. And and yeah. so what I'm hearing you guys say is really it's it's not just about the mind. If you're feeling closed minded it may be something body. It may be something nutritionally.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Right, exactly. It
0: gets right back to Maslow's, you know, hierarchy of needs. You know, you need that—the breathing, the food, the water, the sleep, the sex, the homeostasis—that balance. It's it's those five levels that you know we we can't escape it. It's human.
4: <laughs>
0: I like when you start speaking Maslow, Joy.
2: <laughs> it gets me a little wet in my panties. The sex geek in me likes it. Do you want to say hierarchy again? You want yeah. you to
5: say it? <laughs> Higher <Hierarchy of> needs.
2: <laughs> uh, Do <Dulo's> loves <laughs> laughing at me? I see him. <laughs> Uh, we have too much fun on the show. Awesome. So when we get back, we are going to talk with Tristan Termino. And she's the author of this amazing book I've been talking about, Opening Up, A Guide to Creating and Sustaining Open Relationships. You've learned how to open your body. I think next we're going to talk about some research behind this. And uh, we're going to open your minds a little. And for those of you who are already in open relationships, well... We're going to give you lots of advice to stay successful and keep it juicy and uh, amazing when you're navigating multiple relationships. More Sex with Jaya when we return.
1: Stimulating
6: talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast.
1: All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
6: But say you're female. Let's say you're over 50. Let's say your partner takes a little blue pill. Let's say he's ready to go maybe four hours. Let's say that's unfair. There's no little blue pill for women, but there is aloe cadabra, the first personal lubricant that's made from 95% organic aloe. So it's as natural as nature, which means it naturally does for your body what your body may no longer naturally do for itself. We're not saying that it'll last four hours, but if you're lucky, neither will he. Aloe cadabra. Feel the magic happen.
1: stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you're tuned in to sex with jaya to ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own Please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? Send an email to Jaya at MissJaya.com. That's J-A-I-Y-A at MissJaya.com. Now back to Sex with Jaya.
2: Start the new year off right with Aloe Kadabra. It's good for your body. Natural is nature. And I think I use it just about every day, don't I, do love? Yes. Especially since we're having sex for 101 days straight. Uh, You can go to alocadabra.com, use coupon code Jaya. that's J-A-I-Y-A, for 20% off. Our best friend
3: in the bedroom. I just had to add that in. Our best
2: friend in the bedroom is alocadabra? Yeah.
3: Yeah, it kind of is.
2: Yeah. It's our favorite sex toy,
3: I think. It's our assist.
2: Yes. Okay. So we are back, and our guest is here, the lovely, talented, amazing, brilliant... Tristan Termino. Hello, Tristan. Hi, (laughs) Jeff. Yay. I just went and grabbed your book out of the other room. I love your book. And um, I realized that on the cover, there's a quote from Esther Perel. And I dearly love Esther. She's a dear friend of mine. And I love her quote about your book. So That, that
7: was kind of a dream come true. You know, when you like you write a book, and you send it to all these luminaries, and you're just you're just thinking it's like the longest shot in the world that they'll mm-hmm. read your book and blurb it. And so when she blurbed it, it was pretty amazing for me.
2: Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So, so tell us about the research that you did for this book because it was pretty, It seems like it was pretty extensive. you got just about every form of non-monogamy in here, I feel like.
7: <laughs> Almost. <laughs> um, well, I interviewed 126 people from all different walks of life who were practicing some form of non-monogamy. And I really did try my best to kind of, you know, have as much diversity as possible in terms of class, race, ethnicity, age, geographic location, um, religion. I mean, I was just trying to sort of cover a lot of different bases and have as, as many different stories from real people um, as I could. I mean, I, I feel like that's what is really the heart of the book, is these stories from people who are really doing open relationships and doing them in very diverse ways, and the struggles and the challenges and the triumphs that they have.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was particularly interested in all of the legal stuff, and especially now that we have a child. it's uh, <laughs> we're, we're We're still diving into that world. Being, being raising children and being poly. So. Yeah,
7: I mean, it's probably one of the number one questions I get asked, especially when I speak on college campuses about non-monogamy. People are like, but what about the children? <laughs> you know, as you know, it's kind of also a knee-jerk reaction sometimes to a lot of the things that you and I talk about, including sex and yep. open <laughs> relationships. But, no, but I, I think it's a it's a fair... Question and um, half of the people I interviewed had children. Wow! And so there's an entire chapter about it, and and again, they had children that ranged in age from one to adults,
4: mm-hmm. and so
7: there's obviously a lot of different strategies for talking to kids about your relationship style and and then how to navigate you know the outside world and society which I think is, is a is a huge challenge.
3: Yeah, I think that's our biggest challenge is we don't we, we feel like everything is copacetic and normal within the context of our home, but once we start bringing in the outer social judgments and concepts, the, media. the media. Yeah, the media.
2: <laughs> There's a blog this morning, should people in polyamorous relationships raise children?
7: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I think it's it's a I mean there obviously are are real um, real challenges for people several two at least two of the people who I interviewed actually were in custody disputes and lost custody of their kids because they were open about being non-monogamous so that is is a big issue and then I think the other issue that's interesting is that you can sit down and say to your kids listen this is the way that we've structured our family our family looks different than other families do and other families that you're going to see, but that doesn't mean that, you know, it's any less or, or it's weird or it's abnormal. Um, but then the kid goes out into the world and there's a tremendous amount of stigma and they're hearing that you can't control what other kids are going to say.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly.
2: That's why we're protecting our son and homeschooling him. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you
7: know, I think it's, I, I, you know, I think it's definitely, it, it's definitely tough. I think it's true for a lot of non-traditional families. I mean, I think one of the great things here is that the gay and lesbian movement has done a lot to really try to redefine what a family is and what a family looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Um, people in the poly movement need to borrow some of those tactics and strategies for educating the public about, listen, this really is about a different kind of a family structure that may not look like, you know, these fake fantasy families on TV, but I I don't know about you, but I, I don't know anyone who has a nuclear family anymore. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that's what we, we always say to the reporters and people who ask us. It's like, well, we know someone who, you know, they have stepdads who are gay or they have, you know, two
7: moms, they have a single mom, they're being raised by their grandparent. They, yeah, they have a blended family. I mean, it's, it, that's really the world that we live in today. People are desperately clinging to this idea that we live with, you know, this dominant model of the nuclear family, but that's just not how it is.
3: Yeah, when over 50% of marriages, or it's like in that neighborhood of 50%, get divorced. Right. You, yeah. The nuclear yeah. family is, is uh, a tradition of days gone by. Yeah.
2: So we've been on this topic of family, but there may be some people out there asking, well, what does it mean to be non-monogamous? Or what is polyamory? What are open marriages and relationships? Can you give us some of the definitions for these terms that we've heard?
7: Sure. You know, I what I did was I interviewed all these people and then I identified what I saw as the dominant styles of open relationships.
4: Mm-hmm. But
7: these aren't, you know, all of them. These are the ones that I saw as the most common and then set about defining them. And some of them have already been defined and are in use and some of them not. So the first one that I talk about in my book is partnered non-monogamy. And partnered non-monogamy is essentially where there's a committed couple and they have decided to have other experiences kind of on the side. I put that in quotes. So they may have sex with other people. They may do kinky play. They may have casual or infrequent other partners, but they're not looking for other love relationships. Um. And, so that's
2: like you're swinging...
7: Well, see, I, I, ca- I call swinging a different style. Okay. So, so, so swingers consider themselves emotionally monogamous and sexually non-monogamous, which sounds like what I just said, partnered non-monogamy.
4: Mm-hmm. But I
7: gave swingers their own style and their own chapter because I really do feel like swingers have their own unique history, Culture, community, and it really um, is—it really is. There's a social component to swinging, where swingers go to swing events and swing clubs, and they often swing with other swingers. And there's kind of a whole list of rules and etiquettes, some spoken, some unspoken, that have developed over time that make it, I think, a really distinct style distinct mm-hmm. from, from partner non-monogamy, because there's plenty of people who are practicing partner non who don't identify as swingers, swingers. Or, or with mm-hmm. a swing community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's polyamory, which is the desire and practice of having multiple, what I call significant intimate relationships simultaneously. So... Um, you know, the shorthand for this is that you have multiple love and sexual partners. Um, I'd like to expand it and kind of broaden it and say intimate and significant because people, you know, define these things, I think, in much broader terms. Yeah. Um, I
4: think we do
7: and then a subset of polyamory, another style is polyfidelity, where there is a relationship unit of more than two people. So three people, a triad, four people, a quad, five people, we just say five people. <laughs> <We start laughs> um, and I would say that from uh, in, in my research, polyfidelitous units didn't get any bigger than six people. And essentially, mm-hmm. those people all consider each other primary partners and yeah. do things that we... Think of generally as what you do with a primary partner. So they have some kind of commitment. They may live together. They may raise kids together, uh, mix their finances, make important life decisions together.
2: <laughs> Dude, Love's eyes got really big when you said mix your finances. Oh, well, yeah. You know, everyone has boundaries.
7: Everyone has boundaries. Um, that's why it's just a list. Calm yourself down. Um, and then my, the final style that I talk about in my book is um, what I call monopoly, which is, it, it looks like monopoly, but it's not pronounced that way, <laughs> which is essentially where one partner is monogamous and the other partner is non-monogamous or polyamorous. And I think that's probably one of the most misunderstood, uh, underrepresented styles. It's well, um, kind of that
2: way. Like, John, and John doesn't see anyone else. Right. See,
7: and so I think there's a lot more people doing it than we hear about. And I think that, um, you know, people are, are really question that style and if it's effective and if people can do it. And I talk to plenty of people who, in fact, you know, have made it work and in some cases, you know, for decades. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and then, I, oh, my God, I forgot, I forgot a style and people are going to kill me, which is... Um, I kind of named a new style which I call solo polyamory. And that are pe- those are people who are committed to being polyamorous but do not want a primary partner. Uh, so and that could be um, time specific like people say things like until I, you know, until I finish graduate school, I'm not getting a primary partner. Until my kids are out of high school, I'm not getting a primary partner. But for some, it's a lifelong choice. They want to have multiple partners. They want to have multiple love relationships, but they don't want to have a primary partner. And that's, and you know, people, I think, I think, you know, some people may say that those people are quote unquote single, but I I named a style for them solo polyamory because I, I really feel like. Single always implies in our culture that you're, like, looking and you don't want to be single. (laughs) So these people are solo, which I feel like is a more empowered term. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, we had to go to break. Perfect. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, This is so great. Um, And we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about what you might, you know, say you're in a relationship already. How might you get your partner to... Be interested in opening up, or um, what are some things that it takes to be successful if you're already there? Mm-hmm. More Sex of Jaya, and I love it, Tristan Taramino when we return.
1: News, News. News. opinion. opinion your voice counts call toll-free 1-866-472-5787 1-866-472-5787 voiceamerica.com are you ready to become an oral sex aficionado and give your partner unforgettable pleasure day and night jaya world-renowned sexologist has created the ultimate educational experience for couples Watch now at www.oralsexforcouples.com.
6: Let's say you're female. Let's say you're over 50. Let's say your partner takes a little blue pill. Let's say he's ready to go maybe four hours. Let's say that's unfair. There's no little blue pill for women, but there is aloe cadabra, the first personal lubricant that's made from 95% organic aloe. So it's as natural as nature, which means it naturally does for your body what your body may no longer naturally do for itself. We're not saying that it will last four hours, but if you're lucky, neither will he. Aloe cadabra. Feel the magic happen.
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Sex with Jaya. To ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own. Please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? Send an email to Jaya at MissJaya.com. That's J-A-I-Y-A at MissJaya.com. Now, back to Sex with Jaya.
2: Any sexy New Year's resolutions this year? I hope that you did. I have a whole article I wrote on why you should sex should be the basis because it'll help you lose weight and make the money that you want to make. And anyway, I have a lot of hopes for sex in your in your New Year's resolution. If you want to become a better lover, check out redhottouch.com for my award-winning DVD series on erotic massage. You'll learn over a hundred strokes to melt your lover beneath your hands. That's redhottouch.com. Today we're talking with Tristan termino She's the author of Opening Up a Guide to Creating and Sustaining Open Relationships. If you are at all interested in open relationships, I Highly recommend. I recommend this actually to all my clients, my students who are, you know, like, I kind of want to open my relationship. I'm like, get Tristan's book. That is the book to get. Uh, Read this book before you decide what you want to do and to talk to your partner. Tristan, what website would you like people to go to? I know you have a couple of them. Um, Yeah, well,
7: I, so I have a website for the book, which is openingup.net. And on that site, I have a huge list of resources national organizations, local organizations, websites. So it has so many sites. I mean, I think, you know, Loving More, which is one of the longest-running publications about open relationships, has a fantastic website. Anita Wagner has a great website called practicalpolyamory.com. She's really a fantastic educator. Um, I mean, I think it was a good question that you asked, before the break about how do you talk to your partner about this because mm-hmm. I remember that I, I interviewed, one of the couples I interviewed, I said, how did you meet? And they said, oh, we met at a polyamory workshop. And I thought, oh, how nice for you. So you didn't have, to have <laughs> that conversation, right? But that was right. one in a million. Everyone else had to have a sit down at some point and say, oh, hey, uh, what do you want to do about You know, what what kind of relationships do you want to have? And, you know, there were just as many people who I talked to who began in an open relationship and started out that way as there were people who began in a monogamous relationship and then transitioned to a non-monogamous one. So it's absolutely possible. You don't have to start out that way to make it work and to make it successful, But I do think that everyone needs to be on the same page. And if you sort of drag your partner kicking and screaming into an open relationship, that's really a recipe for disaster.
2: Mm -hmm. And what do you think about couples? Like I was working with a a person yesterday and he he was kind of like, you know, my wife did this because our relationship was inadequate. And I could just feel like it wasn't something that added to their relationship. It was something that came out of a dysfunction in their relationship. What would you say to couples in that scenario?
7: Well, I think, well, first of all, I would would have to assess the reality of that first. Because I Mm -hmm. think that often the first thing that people think, when you say, hey, you know what, I have this crush on this person and I think I want to pursue it the first thing people hear with our, you know, wounded egos is, oh, my God, I'm not good enough for you. Right. And the truth is, oh, yeah, you're good and you're great, and I want this also. I want my cake, I want to eat it too, (laughs) you know, all that stuff. It's like it's not a comment on your lover's, you know, inadequacies that you are looking to partner or have sex with another person. I mean, that's first and foremost You've kind of got to get that through your head. But I think that there's so much mythology about, you know, the one true love and the soulmate. And so we automatically go to this place of if you want someone else, you don't want me. We really have to reprogram our brains that you want me and you want someone else. And that's okay. And that is like workable. Mm
4: -hmm. But I
7: think certainly the foundation of your relationship has to be there before you open it up. Right. I mean, I think you've got it. to have worked out all of your issues or be actively working on them and not make this a way to solve uh, a problem.
3: Right. Or looking for the fast exit. You know, yeah, I mean, you list.
7: know, a woman just talked to me about this. Um, she's partners with another woman and she said, We're not having sex as often as I'd like or as often as we did when we first got together. And I think, I think I should ask about an open relationship and see if I can sleep with other people. And my first question was, if you were having as much sex as you wanted with your current partner, would you want an open relationship? And she said no. Mm. So I thought, okay, well you've got to check your motives then. Like, let's, let's, let's start at, you know, let's first sit down and say, hey, is it possible um, that you can deepen or change your current sexual connection? Then she could say, you know what, now I'm happy with our sexual connection, and I still want more sex, and then go out and have more sex. I want her to fix the first thing before she goes out and has, you know what I mean, and tries to (laughs) kind of just avoid the problem.
3: Right. And she could ruin everything that she could ruin everything that's good about the relationship yeah. foundation she already yeah.
2: has. Yeah, unless the partner and I would add this. Unless the partner would is it one willing to work on it. Oh, of course, right. And yeah. then it might be like, okay, you guys still want to stay together, but you don't like, and you're okay with it. Like then, then that, then that shifts. I mean, for that's, me. one of the,
3: one, that's one of the big foundational things for me in polyamory is that we're not looking to another person to solve all of our needs. But right. certainly it's wanting to give them the opportunity to, to step in or, or not right. on certain needs.
6: And I also
7: think that, you know, we have to realize our, our own and others' limitations and that that's okay. It's okay mm-hmm. that there's not someone who can meet every single one of your needs.
4: Yeah. Right. It doesn't
7: mean like you haven't found the right person. It's called reality. (laughs) And if you've got other stuff you want or need, then by all means, you can try to find that in a different relationship. And I I think that you know that's another one of those kind of old monogamous myths that we've got to let go of.
3: Yeah, in every other area of life, we look. We have multiple people who are involved with. Right. In education, you don't go to one teacher to learn every subject.
7: Right. And I do not go to my orthopedic surgeon for a gynecological exam.
4: It's
2: just
7: not a good fit. (laughs)
4: It's
7: not a good fit.
2: So let's say that someone's in a open relationship or that, you know, they're swinging or poly or all these different things that we're talking about and they want to make it successful. I see so many people who really struggle. They're just, they're struggling with jealousy or all kinds of things, you know, not being able to be really honest or safe sex. Mm -hmm. What do you think it takes to be really successful?
7: Yeah, I mean, I certainly think honesty is high, high up on the list. And and I think setting ground rules and constantly um, speaking those rules, following the rules, renegotiating the rules. You know, I think another myth out there is that people in open relationships, it's like a free for all, right? And no one's feelings matter, and you can just do whatever you want. And the truth is, it's quite the opposite. People really, um, you know, ethical, responsible people sit down and say, okay, what's going to be okay? What can you tolerate? What's going to feel okay? And what is a deal breaker? Mm
4: -hmm. Is
7: sleeping over at our house a deal breaker? Okay, maybe we need to take that off the table. You know, whatever it is, I feel like you've got to consciously sit down and go through Um, some of these issues and figure out what your agreements are, you know, and I also think that um, that people need to kind of cut themselves some slack in the beginning. There's going to be some stumbles and some heartache. You know, one of the ways that we figure out what our boundaries are is sometimes that we run into them
4: Mm -hmm. or fall
7: over them or they may, you know what I mean? Like we don't, always know what's going to push our buttons or make us feel unsafe until we are right up against it. And that's really painful. But then we know, then we learn. Um, I also think people really need to be able to, you know, call themselves out on their own crap. (laughs) <laughs> I swear that eight times out of ten, when an issue comes up, and it's, I'm, I'm seeking some experience, when an issue comes up with my partner who has other partners, it's not about them. It's not about the new partner. It's not about my partner. It's not about the vacation in Tahiti. It's not about how many phone calls there were. It's about me and my own issues, mm-hmm. right? And I've got to be willing to own up to that and say, um, I got to go work on this. I got to go sit with this um, and and really work through it. I mean, I think you have to have a willingness to work through it. I tell people all the time, if you don't like processing your own feelings, if you don't like communicating with people about their feelings, don't be in an open relationship because there's, <laughs> there's a lot of processing and there's a lot of talking that has to happen.
2: Yeah. You know, one of the things I love about your book is you have these checklists in the book. Like you have the who checklist, the what checklist. And I have like, those
7: online, finally. So
2: they're oh, do- you great. can
7: download them as PDFs on my website, openingup.net. And so now you can, like, print them out and, and give them to all your partners. <laughs> Fantastic.
2: I love this. So I can send my clients to, to your site. Yeah. Awesome. And then
7: people could also just, you know... Uh, and and add to them and you know what i mean there are there are points of of negotiation that i haven't included that for other people are
2: really important so then you add okay. that into the checklist add that into okay. the mix awesome all right it's break time unfortunately when we come back we're going to talk you know is it natural for us to be non-monogamous or monogamous what you know is there a right or a wrong way to do all this all this relationship sex stuff more sex vagia when we return
1: Views, opinion News. your voice counts call toll-free 1-866-472-5787 1-866-472-5787 voiceamerica.com
6: let's say you're female let's say you're over 50 let's say your partner takes a little blue pill let's say he's ready to go maybe four hours let's say that's unfair there's no little blue pill for women but there is allocadabra. The first burst in lubricant that's made from 95% organic aloe. So it's as natural as nature, which means it naturally does for your body what your body may no longer naturally do for itself. We're not saying that it will last four hours, but if you're lucky, neither will he. Aloe Kadabra, Feel the magic happen. Are you ready to become an oral
1: sex aficionado and give your partner unforgettable pleasure day and night? Jaya, world-renowned sexologist Watch now at www.oralsexforcouples.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. So- You're tuned in to Sex with Jaya. To ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? Send an email to Jaya at MissJaya.com. That's J-A-I-Y-A at MissJaya.com. Now back to Sex with Jaya.
2: I am having a blast. I was just saying to Tristan that is, I've never really been able to sit down and have a conversation about all this stuff with her. And this is awesome because we're getting the opportunity to do it right now. Tristan's book is Opening Up, A Guide to Creating and Sustaining Open Relationships. And Tristan, say your website again.
7: Openingup.net is the website for uh, for the book specifically. And then TristanTaramino.com is my official website. Puckerup.com is my not- safe for work, sex positive
2: salon. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the only, you did. Know, that was the only website I knew of yours until like a, 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 maybe a month ago when you wrote a little blog about us. Oh yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Tristan has a whole website on open relationships. <laughs> yes, Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. 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 So we have to dive into this question. This is our last segment and it's a big question. It could have been the whole show, but so the question is twofold. Is it natural for us to be non-monogamous And do you think that like being gay or straight or bi or this this whole sort of spectrum of our sexuality, that our choice to be open or monogamous is something that might be wired into us?
7: Right. You know, a lot of people I spoke to for this book said things, said that very word. When I asked them, you know, why do you think you're non-monogamous or why are you non-monogamous? They said, I just feel like I'm wired this way. And in fact, some people took it a step further and really do consider it uh, an orientation, a relationship orientation. That um, a lot of factors may change in their life as time goes on, but they will always be non-monogamous. It is central to who they are, um, and I believe them. You know, and and then I think others would say, you know, at this stage in my life, I was monogamous and it worked for me. At this phase, I, I. was a swinger at this phase, I was polyfidelitous. You know, people kind of move in and out of these different styles.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: I mean, you know, I think there have been some fantastic books, like The Myth of Monogamy and Sex at Dawn, you know, some great books which have really um, debunked these myths about how monogamy is this kind of quote-unquote natural state.
4: Mm-hmm. And,
7: you know, I have to say that monogamy and marriage are are obviously social constructions, and they're systems that were developed at a time in our culture and society when they worked. They were an organizing principle for people, and, and it worked, and it's so clear to me it's not working anymore. The lives <laughs> that we live now um, just aren't built for this idea of one person till death do us part, you know, never anyone else. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's realistic. And obviously the rates of marriage, the rate, you know, going down, the rates of divorce increasing, the rates of second, third and fourth marriages going up, the rates of divorce of second, third and fourth marriages going up. (laughs) I mean, we've seen it's like something's clearly not working. And so I think, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's a spectrum. I think that people fall on it in different places. And I certainly think that monogamy, for me, you know, I am not ready to argue that non-monogamy is the better choice or is the more evolved relationship style, because I know plenty of monogamous people who are, are radical and self-conscious and self-aware and, and awesome I just I want people to realize that monogamy is one choice among many and mm-hmm. I want them to choose it consciously rather than by default because that's what society tells us we're supposed to do.
2: Right. Right. And then what's interesting is like people don't even know it's an option. Like I'm I'm at things and I'm like, I'm polyamorous. I'm like, wait a minute, tell me about that. That's what I want to be.
7: Yeah. Because it's even but an option. How? Exactly.
2: How do I do it is in the next question. It's like, I don't have a model for this. Like I'm working with a client yesterday and there's like, we're just fucking it all up because we just don't, we don't even know how, like who do we invite to dinner? what do we tell our friends? Mm-hmm. What do we tell our, you know, it's just like this whole thing because it seems like it's so outside the box. But if we all just start talking about it, everybody out there listening. <laughs> right. Well,
7: and I'm convinced, I don't know how you feel, but I'm convinced that everyone knows someone who's in an open relationship. But they're mm-hmm. just not out about it,
4: right, and, right?
7: you know there are real consequences to being out about it. You are probably one of the most public polyamorous people in the world, right? I mean, you've been on <laughs> the morning television, you right. guys. But so, so I'm not saying I know that everyone has different circumstances, and not everyone has the luxury to come out. But the more, the more of us who do come out and talk about it. I think the better educated and aware the public is going to be because I think for years, you know, we've grown up with, oh, well, there's Bill and Sally, and they have this friend John, and, oh, well, John's wife died, so he moved in with them, and, you know, they go on vacations together, and he lives there, and he's just like their best friend. It's like, no... They're in a triad, okay?
4: but
7: they never told you that. And so you Mm -hmm. grew up with this idea that you didn't know anyone who was polyamorous, but actually you live next door to them.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: And then I wonder, Tristan, how many of the celebrities that we see today who are like, you know, you hear about this big scandal, like, oh, so-and-so is sleeping with all these people. And it's like, I wonder how many of them have different agreements with their wives. But then when it becomes public, the wife has to divorce the guy. I know, or, the, you or know, because... stand
7: by him, I mean, I, I think that that's, you know, when, when we find out that someone's married and then they are caught sleeping with someone else, are, the place that we all go is, he, he or she cheated. Right. But you know, I'm always constantly asking myself, did they have an agreement? You know, what <laughs> I like to say about, you know, these, the Ashton Kutchers and Tiger Woods of the world is, they very well could have had an agreement to be able to be non-monogamous, and that was consensual. And they just picked really inappropriate partners Uh, who went to the media, who saved their text messages, who weren't discreet. You know what I mean? Yes. Whereas there could be other people out there. I mean, what if Hillary Clinton has had like 12 lovers since she married? I I hope so. But she just picked appropriate people so we don't know about it. Right? I mean, right. that's my secret wish or hope, I guess.
2: But. <laughs> yes. Well, we have to wrap up the show. But is there anything in closing, Tristan, that you would like to offer to our listeners, you know, especially those who are maybe considering opening up their relationship or who are already in one and, and just want to be really successful at it? The how, you know, how do I do this? Okay, it exists. How do I do it?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you touched on it just a second ago, which is about role models. People really are looking to role models. And that's why, for me, when I wrote this book, I didn't want it to just be about, like, how me and my friends do open relationships. I mean, who really cares? Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be about how all these different people, how this person who's an Episcopal priest does open relationships, how this (laughs) couple who lives in the deep south does open relationships, Hmm. how this triad, a woman and two husbands who live in Minneapolis does open relationships. And so I feel like I wanted all their stories in this book to give examples so that someone could read and say, hey, I I identify with this, or this sounds like you and me, or this sounds like something I think I could do. And to really see that there are so many different options, and you make the rules. There are, you know, there's, they're not hard and fast. You make them for yourself. And I want to empower people to, to know that there are people out there doing this and doing it successfully and that they have a lot of options at their fingertips. Um, you know, and, and you guys going on, on TV and being really public is a step in that direction where people can say, "Look, they seem
2: really normal."
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you, the, the, the Good Morning America piece that we just uh, just aired this last Wednesday, they made us look so vanilla. I actually been telling everybody, I'm like, "We're just not that boring. We're just not that vanilla." I know, but I think you
4: know,
7: i just normal in quotes. But I think maybe what I really want to say is, look, they're very relatable.
4: You're
2: mm, likable,
7: yes, and yes. you're relatable, and you're accessible. And that is important for people to see.
2: Yes. So D-Love there, we have hope as to why we're doing all this. Sometimes we look at each other and go, why are we doing this? <laughs> and it and, and really is for me about starting the conversation in the community around these things, around sexuality, around relationships. And unfortunately, we have to go. I feel like we could go on for a whole other hour. You can visit my website, sexisyou.com. Tristan Termino, thank you so much for being on the show. Her book, Opening Up, A Guide to Creating and Sustaining Open Relationships. Go get it if you're even thinking about it or already in an open relationship. I've enjoyed Sex with Jaya today. Have you? I've
3: enjoyed Sex with Jaya.
2: Yes, I've enjoyed Sex with Jaya.
1: (laughs) You have been listening to Sex with Jaya. For more, you'll have to tune in next Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time to the Voice America Variety Channel now make it the best weekend ever with tips you've learned from today's show thanks again for joining us